Hey, hello. Welcome to Chic Conversations with Linda and Andrea. We talk about anything and everything through real life observations and experiences. Come and get inspired, uplifted, and wise with us. Wise? Yes, wise. Yes, wise. Yay! Just in time for the holidays, in time for Thanksgiving. Once you're making the turkey, when you're cutting greens, yams, potatoes, what else? (laughs) What a great episode you can listen to. And we're so excited to present a wonderful woman. She has so much wisdom and she's going to tell a story. Pay attention to the wisdom in between, the lines in between. You, You can't miss this. Beautiful things are ahead. The wisdom are priceless. Share this with your family as you share turkey, cornbread, and all the desserts. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> so Sipo Gumbo is a wife. She's a mother of three children. She founded Wunu Inc. in 2004, and it's a nonprofit organization that supports often children in Zimbabwe by paying their tuition from kindergarten through college. She is also the founder of Yangu Beauty, a skincare line for women of color and people with sensitive skin. She has been featured in Essence Magazine, Black Enterprise, D Magazine, Vogue UK, Ellie, Vanity Fair, and many other international magazines. NBC5, DFW, and Texas Today. Her products can be found at nimanmarcus.com, amazon.com, and yangubeauty.com. This is going to be a great time sitting with your family, listening to this beautiful soul I call friend. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sheep Conversations. We welcome Sipo Gumbo, a wonderful friend, full of wisdom. Gratitude through every season. As we're gearing up for Thanksgiving, excited about just being into in the season of giving, mm-hmm. being in the season of thankfulness. And we just express gratitude that you're here first and just say thank you for coming and just say thank you for being on She Conversations podcast as we inspire the mass, bring light and positivity into the mass. So welcome to She Conversations. We're so glad that you're here and we are excited for well today's thank you ladies thank you so much for having me i've uh, listened to your podcast and of course i know linda nice to meet you very Andrea. nice to meet you i am very very glad that i'm here and really gratitude is for it to be there there has to be some giving away i'm thanking you for inviting me here so there was an action there you invited, I accepted, and I came. And you are thanking me, I'm thanking you. When I looked at the definition of gratitude, it just got so many things in there that it's an, it's an emotion mm-hmm. of attitude. Mm-hmm. It's an acknowledgement of positive aspects mm-hmm. of our lives. It is when we encounter, when we meet each other, or when we give of ourselves, which is a lot, when we say give, what is it? What are we giving? Is it time? Is it treasure? Is it this time, treasure, and talent? Right now, you ladies are sharing your talent with me, being podcasters, and I'm grateful for that. When you give your time, like you have done with Monu, Monu is our nonprofit, you are giving of yourself. Right. When, you are, when people give to Monu, they're giving their treasure. So in all that, it creates a moment where we, are, we respond to those actions. 
and it can only be gratitude. And by so doing, we feel good. Yeah. When I walked in this room, I felt good. Yeah. Just seeing you two, I felt great. And it just makes me feel thankful. And in our culture, gratitude is woven unto us mm. from the time we're little. You do a little chore, your mom or your grandma, they just start just saying your praise poetry, mm. you know, your, your last name, and they keep saying it, they say it over and over, and it makes you feel good as a child, and what that fosters is you just want to do more of yeah. what you've just done. And when we thank, even in our culture, we say, thank you, do not tire, namangwan. We're saying, do it again tomorrow. Mm. So there is a, a part of sharing the, the thanks by saying, you know what? This is good. Keep going. Let's do it again tomorrow. That is so good. So let's track back on Munu. So Munu is a Shana word and it means one person. It means a person. So it means one person and it's Shana word. Sipo is the founder of a nonprofit organization called Munu. More about Munu. It's a foundation. You invited me to be on the board as a an event planner. And for a while I was been I was helping you plan events and all that stuff, charity events. And Andrea, you've been to one. I think you've been, remember the one that you came to? I believe it was about seven years ago and it was a beautiful event. You were giving back, invite our listeners to what it means for you, number one, why did you start MUNU, which is a nonprofit organization that provides for children, underprivileged children? Let's start from there. Why you started it and what it is? It's a question that comes up quite often, um, you know, when you start something. Mm -hmm. And MUNU is one of those things. Um, I went home back in 1999 in Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe is home for me. And um, I come from a family of educators. Almost half my siblings were teachers. And they told me what was going on. It was the height of HIV, and they're just telling me what they were encountering in schools with the kids. Kids asking them as teachers, may I carry your books just so that they can go to the teacher's house and maybe have a meal or something and start sharing about what they were experiencing. And with that, um, I learned that some of these children were actually caregivers for their dying parents mm. or their siblings. And I just couldn't. Um, it was hard. And for me, it hit home. I lost my parents as a teenager. I was 16 and 17 when I lost my parents. Mm. So, and I lived in the village. I'm from rural Zimbabwe. Mm. So just hearing those stories just got me like, this is not easy. I came back uh, to the U.S. I started talking about it nonstop. My husband's like, okay, how long are you going to be just talking and not doing anything about <laughs> right. it? I said, what can I do? I do not have that kind of money to even say I can support anyone. He's like, well, just don't say anything anymore mm. if you're not going to do anything. That, that's word. Don't say anything if you're not going to do anything. Okay, if you didn't get that, I don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> don't say anything. If you're not going to do anything. That's yeah. Good. So because I was talking about it so much, I, I was still in New York at that time. Um, I was looking for a home. 
And my realtor, I started telling her about my experience at home. And she happened to have a husband who was a lawyer. And she said, well, what are you planning to do with this? Maybe you need to form an organization so that you can ask for for donations properly in the right manner. So she introduced me to her husband, and then he drew up the the paperwork for the charity. And from then, we started just with 15 students. Of course, this in Zimbabwe, the exchange rate was, I mean, you could, $2 could pay tuition for a kid. Right. So we started with 15 students. This was 2004. 2006, my friend's mom visited us for Thanksgiving. Talk of Thanksgiving. Talk of Thanksgiving. And I told her what I was doing, and she said, oh, you have no idea. We just had one organization pull off from our area. This would be so much help. When I get home, I'm going to send you a list. And I thought, oh, well, she's going to send me maybe 20, 30 students more. She sent me a list of 250 kids. And I was just like, okay, where am I going to find money to pay for 250 students? But, you know, there is a God out there, and um, prayer does wonderful things. We managed somehow to raise the fees for those children, and it went up from there. Mm -hmm. Before we knew it, we had 2,000 students in the program. By 2008, we had 2,000 kids in the program. Wow. Of course, you know what happened in 2008? Um, you know, the downturn. Yes. Mm-hmm. All our donors, a lot of them, they just couldn't afford. Then just that one year from 2008, 2009, when we couldn't send tuition, the stories we had back were just worse. They were heart-wrenching on what happened to some of the kids. The girls stopping school getting married early and all that. It was more of we need to do more. We need to keep it going. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter which way, but we had to figure out a way to continue. So we picked it up again, and we started supporting 1,000 students per year from 2009 up to about 2017. That's when we were still at 1,000 every year. That's mm-hmm. when you ladies came to one of our events. I think that's 2016. The first event that we planned was not the one at the tower, no. but it was a different event. Mm-hmm. But then I I loved what your event was all about. I loved what Moon was all about. I loved, and I felt so passionate. And I felt like, you know what? I want to be a part of this. And then you asked me like, hey, let's, and I was like, hey, let's just plan something. Let's plan like an event and have, because around Christmas time, around this time, a lot of people donate. They yes. want to give something. And then we've planned like so many years after that. We've yes. just had yes. like a lot of events and stuff. And I felt so honored to be a part of that. And I just felt like just being around you, oh. I felt so, um, because I see you as a friend and a friend <laughs> was so wise. You know, you're just filled with so much wisdom and I like love like sitting and just hearing you speak and just learning from you and what you've done with Munu has been so incredible how many kids in total have you um, from kindergarten through college how many have graduated college through Munu the number of uh, graduates uh, is actually um, by the end of this year we have about 12 graduating college Mm -hmm. 
the rest are still going. Our recent graduate just sent us a thank you note. And it is these letters that make you just want to, you just want to do more. Even if you know you, you don't have the resources, but it just wants you to do more. And I thought I would probably read the letter. And I think this is the gratitude in giving. When you give what our donors have given and what it has done for this young man. He just says to us, Dear Monu Inc., I hope this letter finds you in good health and high spirits. My name is Tanya Razwa Duwek Kasosera. And I'm writing to express my deepest gratitude for the incredible support and guidance during my time as a beneficiary of your esteemed organization. For the past few months, I struggled to find the perfect words to express my gratitude. And hopefully, this letter will be enough to give you a picture of how I really feel and how deep your involvement in my life has been. When my mother passed on, I was sure that her passing was the end of my opportunity to go to college and to follow my dreams and reach my full potential. Mono Inc. was not just a sponsorship, but an answered prayer. A prayer I say to myself after passing my A-levels and a prayer that my mother left for us written on a piece of paper. I'm grateful for your support. I thank you for the deepest part of my heart, not only for supporting me financially, but for identifying my potential and investing in it. You gave a great nudge to my confidence and hope. He goes on to tell us about his experience at the university and he he shares his life in the first two years. But I love the way he says, now I stand a chance to find work and earn a living. I'm positive that one day I'll get my family back together again under one roof. I see a bright future ahead of me, despite the dull phases that positivity would not have been a part of me, of my character. Educational journey have been priceless and have shaped me into the person I am today. I mean, his letter is just, there's just so much that you get out of it. And he goes on, puts a second note, and he says, I want to participate in this monu. I want to do more in giving. I think for me, this is where gratitude, you get, you give, but gratitude gives, in an act of gratitude, he's giving back to us. That is so cool. It's just like paid forward. You get something and then you just paid forward. That's an act of gratitude. The older you get, the more you understand the it's better to give than to receive. So thank you for sharing that that history and letter from one of your recipients. So my question to you is now that you started it and it's ongoing and there's no end to it, you now have to rely also on community to show up for you. What keeps you going? What helps you to not give up on the days that you're not sure that are we going to go from a thousand now to to five hundred because funds people are not donating? Times are hard. We're in a recession, even as we speak in 2023. You know, Tanya's letter is the encouragement. He just graduated in September. And we have another young lady who had been in the program since fifth grade. She also graduated college. 
when we when you get that letter, it says to you, okay, um, I wasn't sure I was going to send out that letter uh, asking again for this year's support. But when you get that letter, you, you send it out. Yeah. <laughs> you just send it out and say, we are in the giving season. Um, on the 27th is Giving Tuesday. You say to people, here is a young man who just didn't think he was going to go to college, but he went because of Mono support and because of our incredible donors who give year in, year out. This young man has made it. He's done. When you give, you also give hope to people. Yes. It's, it, most of the times, you know, as humans, we all have this pride in us. <laughs> asking, and especially asking for money, is not an easy thing. So when you share that, whether it's the money or time, but especially money, when you share that, you are saying to somebody, hey, I got you, I got you. And when that person gets that opportunity, I've seen it with these young people, each one of them, they tell you, I'm not going to waste this shot. I'm going to make it work. And we get so many of these thank yous so often. From the schools, from the teachers, from the students themselves. We have several videos we did last year. And if you go to our mono.org website, you will see some of the videos or on our YouTube channel. Incredible young people. And they want to do what helped them. They want to do the same. Oh, gosh. That is, okay, okay. That is that's amazing. That is a gratitude through it all. Yes. That's all I'm getting. Yes. Through it all. Mm-hmm. The ups, the downs, the everything. Now, you live in this part of the world, and then you help on the other side of the ocean, which is amazing. How do you see, what lens do you see the world through when people that live in the first world, maybe maybe there's a lack of gratitude because you've seen so much. You've seen what poverty and lack looks like in real life. And then you see a mentality or a mindset that feels lack and sadness and depression based on what other people will call affluence. But then they suffer so much. How can you inspire someone that sees lack and sees not enough? How can you encourage them to see what they have and call that enough? Does that make sense to you? It does. Mm -hmm. It does. There is a a Catholic way of praying. It's called the Ignatian prayer. And what it tells you is you look at your day. At the end of the day, you ask yourself, what am I grateful for? It's like, you know, really counting your blessings each day. When you do that, you realize that the thought of having just being monetary is what kills us in the Western world. The importance of being a person when it's only measured by what you have in terms of material is what kills us in the West. But if you were to Ask me by the end of the day today what I'm grateful for. It will be the time we're having right now, this moment, just life. You're here, I'm here, you're here. That's, it's a blessing that we have that time. Just knowing that we woke up, we ate, we bathed, we, you know, having all those things we take for granted, water, electricity, and all that. We know that at this moment in the world, whether it's in the Middle East or it's in Darfur, 
there are mothers who whose children do not have water, do not have electricity, let alone a roof. We underestimate what we have most of the times because we have it. Uh, wait until you don't. You know, it's even your health. Mm. It's when you when you don't have. Last year, I had a moment where I got sick. It was more of the overworking that got me sick. I was working too much. And my husband said, okay, this is it. Bed rest. He took my phone, took my computer, took everything. I had to lay down, just do nothing. It was in that moment that I realized that, you know, I was taking my health for granted because I thought I could keep going. But it's when you can't do that. When you can't sell whatever you're trying to sell your products, you're laying there in bed that you realize, you know what, this is so short. It takes me being sick that it takes you out of action. So I have to be thankful for my health. Looking at the other end of the world, I don't do this by myself. You saw how people participated when we did the event. We have people on the ground who make sure that when we send the tuition, they go to the banks, they pay the tuition, they make sure the students are okay. We don't pay those people. They give their time. I can't express enough how just having been on the ground growing up, understanding the lack, knowing what those kids go through when they wake up every morning and sometimes walk many miles to school on food, barely eating anything and going back and doing it every day. It just makes me feel like, you know, I have no excuse. I have no excuse. I tell my kids and they always used to say I compare them harshly, but I, I always <laughs> say, you know what, you you went to school, you were dropped in a vehicle. like <laughs> So, yes, first world problems sometimes can <laughs> and see what we have. And we're always not living in the present moment. We're always not putting our, our feet where we are. We're not being right there where we are. We're not being like, um, we're always comparing, yeah. you know, and not being like truly thankful and grateful. And, you know, just being there, being present and being mm. like so grateful for your life. You know, that's just the first thing. I got up out of bed. I'm awake. Mm -hmm. I'm healthy. Thank you, God. But then we, we just take things for granted. We and we were talking earlier on, we always have a thousand blessings in a day. Like yes. in a day, we're always mm -hmm. blessed. Mm -hmm. Through the small things or the big things, we're always blessed. But when there's one problem mm -hmm. that comes, we focus on the problem. And we just don't look at all of these blessings, you know. And when you give people that I need, they come with the letter like what uh, Tanyara Tanya mm -hmm. mm -hmm. said. Like, thank you. Thank you so much. I just, and this is, you just paid for his tuition and this is just like nothing for us, you know, you just did it. But then he's coming with, with a heart filled with gratitude. Like, hey, I'm thankful. Thank you so much for doing this. You know, I'm, I can now pass it forward. I can now pay it forward. And that will keep Munu going. That would keep you going to like, okay, let me try to educate the mass. Let me try to do that. That's awesome. Then the other thing really that uh, with Monu, we try very hard, which is a, a tough balance. We try not to make it our our thing, as it were. We try to make it for the students. Students need this. They have been helped. I don't have to be in the picture for it. So it's like, okay, this one, she's or he's on his way. Good for you. We're happy for you. If they want to come back and help, good. But we really just try to, we're not in it for awards and everything else. We just want 
the kids to go to school. So now tell us, what else are you doing outside mm-hmm. of Munu? Because that looks like Listen. a life project already. <laughs> that looks like that should take us three lifetimes to finish. What else are you into wait, wait, outside wait, of family? Wait. Besides <laughs> this, okay, listen, listen, listen. You think she's just doing that, Munu, and then she's done? Sipo mm-hmm. has an amazing skincare line. Mm-hmm. We call that skincare line? Yes. She created this skincare line, and it's called Yangu Beauty. And through the Yangu Beauty, um, so Yangu, Yangu means mine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, so through this Yangu Beauty, she's giving a, some proceeds of her beauty line goes to Munu as well. So she's just found another outlet, like, okay, let me give through to Munu. So I'm giving my skincare line, I'm giving some proceeds of the skincare line to Munu. But then you think that, okay, this this is like an encouragement to people thinking like to start something or to begin something or like, okay, can I take a risk? Can I start a foundation? Can I start a charity? Can I start a product line? Can I start a beauty brand? You know, so how how did you take that risk? Tell us first about Yangu, uh, what that is and what you do and why did you start it? And then we ask the question about taking risks. Okay. I think it's, um, for me, I think I've had so many seasons in my life. Um, I When I started Mono, I was a stay-at-home mom. Um, I looked after my three kids for many years. Um, they are grown now, but it's during that time on as a stay-at-home mom that I did Mono. Uh, it looks like, for me, it's not like I just sit there and think, like, oh, what am I going to start and all that. No, I'm sort of pushed <laughs> into starting these things. Like when I went home and I saw what was going on with the children and I felt like, okay, uh, really, I have to do something. And if you look at our motto is one child at a time because I knew that if I tried to say I'm going to do it for 40,000 kids I may not make it but at least I can surely make paying for one student Uh, with Yangu Yangu means mine in the Shona language and in in Kiswahili it's also a tree Um, the Cape Chismat tree is called Yangu it creates Yangu oil I have ancestry in in, in the Cape. That's where my grandfather came from, Cape Town. And the Cape chestnut is the Yangu oil, so it's a double play for Yangu oil and my. So it's my beauty from the Yangu oil, and we use African oils. Why did I start Yangu? I have super, super sensitive skin. I react to you. I'm one of those people who just cannot use any product on the market I will just break out my skin will just itch and everything so I was getting a lot of that I was gifted um, from one of those um, cosmetic companies and I was sitting there at an event and my ears were swelling up and and I was like okay this is enough I, I, I can't I can't do this anymore I'm not gonna put anything on my skin that I'm not certain um, I, I mentioned that I grew up in a village, <clears throat> and my grandmother used to show us a lot of um, oils, you know, we would crack some nuts, and she would just make us put them together, you know, create oils out of it, and she would tell us this is very good for your face, um, and this one, you know, because it's such a tiny little seed, 
you can't waste it. Right. You have to, you know. So when we would go bath in the river and we, we would use those oils, I took all that for granted. <laughs> I thought, oh, well, yeah, it's rural life. That's yeah. how it is. But when I was having those reactions and my skin later on, I, I had to go back to that. I said, okay, ask my cousin, can you send me um, one of the oils? Marula is very common in Zimbabwe. Uh, so she sent me a, a bottle of marula oil and I started using it. And my daughters were getting to be teenagers by that time. They were also reacting. They have sensitive skin. They started using it. And, we, you know, we saw some relief. I wasn't reacting and my skin was looking good. My niece is the same. We did that and we're like, oh, I guess it's something. And I thought, oh, maybe I can sell these oils. I'm sure there are people like me out there who have sensitive skin. People did not like the scent of raw oil. Right. Just people are like, ah, oh, it doesn't smell good. Oh. <laughs> so I had to think, okay, maybe we do need to address this problem. We need a solution to this sensitive skin. I talked to a cosmetic chemist. My husband is a pharmacologist. So they helped me put together the oils and all that so that we have products that will be very gentle to your skin. My skin to start with, I was the guinea pig on that. Mm -hmm. My daughters were the guinea pigs. And we started using the products and it really helped. And um, before I knew it, I was trying to find ways, okay, maybe let me try and sell this. And then I, that's when I started to have the products developed for the market. So what you're saying is every time I encounter a problem, and I say, somebody needs to find a solution mm. to this. I'm going to have to be somebody. Hey, we're back to that point. Are you back? I'm going to have to be somebody every time I see a problem. Wisdom. Wise words. Because somebody, who is somebody? <laughs> it, if it has forced you to a point where you are saying, this needs to be done, look around. By whom? And if you look around and there is nobody doing it, what does that mean? opportunity it's an opportunity just don't talk about the problem don't keep speaking about the problem don't speak keep speaking about like okay why it's failing why it's not done or because if that's a problem guess what you fix it you fix it okay so don't say anything if you're not going to do anything about to right? make a t-shirt <laughs> yes <laughs> don't say anything if you're not going to do anything the gift of um of pottery is given but to a few but that of pot breaking is given to everybody so wait 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 wait, 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 wait. i'm writing this down wait 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 repeat that I got it. I got the it. gift of pot making of pottery yeah yeah is given but to a few and that of pot breaking is given to many if you look at um writers authors for example um, I was an English major, so I know a thing or two about critiquing stuff. People write books, people write poetry, people write all sorts of things. And if they tell you how painstaking it is to write a book, it's a lot. But for us critics, it's like you just sit there and you critique every line, the style, the voice. We have so much to say. It's the same in our everyday lives. They say you shouldn't critic somebody when you don't know their whole story because it's so easy to critic. It's easy to say, ah, 
that dress is so ugly. This is, it's easy for us as human beings to find wrong about everything and about anything. And that's why the issue of gratitude is so, so important. I can go into the issue of, say, the business world, for example. You have to be able to say, first off, you have to be thick-skinned because you will be criticized no matter what. You will be criticized. Just be ready that someone is going to find something wrong with whatever you're doing and be able to keep going. We will have so many people always criticizing, always telling you why it can't be done, always telling you what, what you're doing is wrong, always just seeing the negative. But you have to have thick skin in this game. Absolutely. I love that. Ooh, the gift of pottery is given to a few, but that of pot breaking is given to many. People will break you. Will tell you why it can be done. Yes, all the time, always, and and it doesn't stop. It's, it's just I think we enjoy seeing people fail because it it fills our inadequacies. How can they be doing that and I'm not? And I try to figure out a way to to make myself feel good. And like ah, they're not good enough, you know. <laughs> it makes me feel good. We need to find ways to be grateful. For what we have. Because once you, you, you start being grateful, they say gratitude gives you this sense of well-being. It, it makes you whole. It makes you well. It improves your well-being, your relationships when you thank people. I, I don't know. My friend is going to kill me for this. But just last week, we went and um, she was having a bridal of shower for her daughter. And then she sent me the most heartfelt thankful. You know, a thank you. How do you do that? How do you thank people? It's a very important thing. We just read. It can be done through a letter. You can send a gift. But in our culture, as I shared, it's done through words. Parents would even ululate to thank you. They would say your praise poetry. So there are many ways of thanking people. And it's something we should never, ever take lightly because you can thank your friends your business partners your supporters you know when i send uh, especially during this time when i send my customers when they order something from youngobeauty.com i try as much as i can to write a note and and, and thank that person uh, if i can see how long they've been you know supporting me I think that I just did this last week and the person sent back, um, she, he knows my daughter and he's like, oh, your mom is so sweet. I'm going to buy some more for my family. Mm -hmm. Just by that little act of gratitude, I'm getting more gratitude from him as well. And he's sharing that. It's You give, you get more. That's how it is. Yeah. Okay. Two more questions because we don't want to keep you too long. So number, the first thing is, could you tell us five things you know for sure? Because you started with be thick-skinned, and I think you didn't finish your list. So I want to go back and finish that. And also, can you give us an example of a praise poetry? Maybe you imagine it as your child or someone. Just give us an example. Maybe that will inspire us to be grateful for our people, especially in this Thanksgiving week that we have family coming in. Maybe we can flex a new kind of habit. The praise poetry really comes from our last names. Um, most um, Southern Africans, their last names have this poetry that comes along with it. And it, it, it encapsulates your family history. So I'll probably use um, my husband's, the Gumbos. So they would say, Maita Gumbo, which is thank you, Gumbo. 
Maeta Madlira. Thank you, Madlira. Uh, thank you. And it will state where they come from, where you're from, good to. So it goes on and on yeah. and on. It's very long. Yeah. And, and each family has that. Uh, your grandmother yeah. usually shares yeah. that with you. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that's how you know your praise poetry. And, and even be, before you go to the five, I remember what you're saying makes me remember my grandparents. And my mom does it now. Mm-hmm. But I have not mastered it yet well for my children, where my mom still does it for my children. Mm-hmm. That she has very unique ways of greeting each child. Mm-hmm. The mm. daughter of, and then she'll say me, exactly. and then she'll say the granddaughter of, and then she'll say my grandparents, and goes on and on. And now my kids are able to say that in our language, um, their own poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so endearing, and yeah. it's so, it makes them, it's very unique. No two people have that. No. And I think from any culture, I think any culture, even Americans can develop that, where mm-hmm. you find unique adjectives for your kids. For what they do and how they do it and kind of tie to the family history. I think that's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Five things, you know, for sure that you can leave us with. And then I have one final question for you. But the five things that you know for sure, you started with um, have a thick skin. <laughs> that's number one. Okay, we're writing down. Yeah, they just don't be shaken by small things. Uh, in You know, we're talking about business this time. Business is a challenge each day. When you wake up and you're a business owner, you will find a challenge. It comes in many forms. It could be, I don't have enough customers to meet my earnings, you know. So you have to be able to say, be able to encourage yourself. Don't try to find it from outside. Find it from within. Learn to ask for help. In business, you don't, there is so much you don't know. So it's important to ask for help from those who have done it before and try to ask from those who really have done it well. You can't do it alone. You always need help because there are people who, whether it's the people who help you in the office, people who sell, and people who just guide you, and of course those those who invest in you. The fifth one is be grateful, whether it's your family, your friends, your co-workers, and especially your supporters, those people who who buy your product, those people who really believe in you because nobody believes in you as somebody who actually buys the product. Mm -hmm. Everybody else can say whatever, but until they purchase what it is you're selling, then you know they believe in you. So be grateful for those people. Have a thick skin. Don't be shaken by small things. Learn to ask for help. You can't do it alone and be grateful. And encourage yourself always. That's so good. I've said this to you before. Love just sitting and just getting some wisdom from you. What would you label this chapter of your life? Don't look back. Just keep moving forward. Because when you look back, I think it's a waste of time. That has happened. There's so much more that's coming. Looking ahead, we have a Shona proverb that says, beautiful things are ahead. So I look back where you've fallen or you've already conquered the past. So look forward. Just look ahead and keep moving forward because that's where the good things are. It's so you good. You can't correct the past. Wow. <laughs> you can't correct the yeah. past. It's happened to you absolutely. It's a waste of time. So move forward. Look forward. Beautiful things are ahead. That's the words I would leave you ladies with. Now, where can we find you for Munu and Yanghu Beauty? 
For Mono, it's monoink.org, youngbeauty.com, and we are we're everywhere. We are on nimenmarkers.com, we are on amazon.com, we are, of course, at youngbeauty.com. We're going to put this also in the description. So Munu and Yangu, Munu Foundation and Yangu Beauty. But we're going to put this in the description. And then that last question that I have that, that I want to know, what would you say to the 20-year-old Sipo? Oh, wow. 20. <laughs> wow. You have... You have so much coming, um, so much ahead of you because beautiful things are ahead. And really, a lot of beautiful things happened because as a rural girl, I could have never imagined myself being here in Dallas and um, living the life I'm living, um, being a brand founder, nonprofit founder, having such wonderful friends. And no, yeah. The life is bright for you, 20-year-old. <laughs> mm, cool, so cool. In the spirit of gratitude and thanksgiving, thank you. Thank you for blessing us with your presence and your wisdom and your life story. And good luck on all the things that you ever lay your hands on. Such well, a pleasure. Thank you, thank yes. you ladies. Yes. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you, Linda. I appreciate you giving me this time. Yay, thank you. Thank you.